welcome to Good Feels. My name's Phoebe, and this podcast is here to serve as a timely reminder to us all that there is so much good in this world. Whoever said money can't buy happiness clearly didn't know where to shop. Because I don't know about you, but in my opinion, a little bit of retail therapy on a bad day can go a seriously long way. Whether it's a bit of new skincare, a delicious smelling candle, or even a book. Adding to cart gives me a bigger hit of dopamine than chocolate does, but there's actual proof to back me up here. A study from the Journal of Consumer Psychology found that retail therapy releases dopamine, which not only makes us feel immediately happier, but it can also fight lingering sadness. So if you're looking for a sign to hit the shops, consider this it. But it can also do far more good than just boosting your mood if you consciously choose to shop in the right places. There are a stack of retail businesses that operate as a social enterprise, which is essentially a business that's purpose is to help develop, fund and implement solutions to social, cultural and environmental issues. One of these brands is Hey Tiger, a chocolate company that does so much good for the broken cacao industry. While a few squares of chocolate after dinner is something most of us take for granted, the average cacao labourer only gets paid around 73 cents per day. That's where Hey Tiger steps in and it was founded to not only help solve the mistreatment of workers, but they also donate a percentage of every block sold to the Hunger Project. We've all spent a lifetime wondering how we can eat chocolate without guilt, and now you can eat it with pride. If there's two things I'm a sucker for, it's swimwear and animal conservation. And that's exactly what Batico are all about. The small swimwear company that's based on the northwest coast of England makes swimwear from recycled waste that's intercepted before heading into landfill. Every year, they also share a percentage of their profits to organisations and charities that are wildlife-focused. The one that particularly pulled at my heartstrings is the Buy One, Set One Free collaboration with the National Lobster Hatchery. For each lobster bathing suit sold, a baby lobster is reared and released back into the sea to help the recovery of the European lobster. Admittedly, I've spent the last couple of hours thinking about that swimsuit, and as soon as I wrap up this episode, I will definitely be adding to cart. Now, if you're someone who wants to make a difference through your work, you're probably as fascinated as I am by the people behind these brands. One of those people is Jane Marks, the owner of The Beautiful Bunch, which is a flower delivery service that provides work for women with refugee backgrounds. So my name's Jane Marks. My business is The Beautiful Bunch, uh, which is a a social enterprise florist working with young women from refugee backgrounds uh, who are experiencing barriers to employment. But this isn't Jane's first rodeo, and her resume proves that she's not only a beautiful person with a huge heart, but she's also an incredible businesswoman. That's a really good question why I do what I do. I suppose the short answer mm-hmm. is that it's a combination of my passions. I genuinely love that. I love flowers. And, you know, alongside of that, what really motivates me and why I do this is because I just believe quite simply that we need, you know, um, we need to build, you know, um, more equitable access and opportunity to employment for people who are marginalized from the mainstream workforce. And so the beautiful bunch is really a combination of those two passions of mine. I love that. And what was it initially, I guess, that started your interest in social enterprise? Because the Beautiful Bunch isn't the first business you've started that massively gives back to the community. So what was it that kind of sparked that interest in you? Um, Yeah, no, this is the third business I've run, actually. Uh, All have been social enterprises. And 
I think it just, it's a model that's appealing to me because it's, um, so if you think of, I obviously am motivated by um, a need or a desire to um, support people, you know, to support young women to, you know, fulfill their potential and to, and to chase their dreams. And then if you, for me, it, it's a matter of working back from that and thinking, okay, what's the most effective way of doing that? So that you're, you know, say running a charity, but not forever reliant upon grants um, and, you know, government grants or philanthropic funding. Um, a little bit of that is nice. But, you know, how can you do that in a way that is sustainable and that is able to um, be really genuine in the social impact that you deliver? And in a way that, you know, on a personal kind of um, level that enables me to be able to, you know, do that on my own terms. And so a social enterprise obviously being uh, a business, you know, we it's a not-for-profit, but it operates like a business with a charitable aim at its core, engages the broader community in your mission. Um, so for me, it really just is about ticking all, it ticks all the boxes. See, what did I tell you? The world really does need more people like Jane. Her cause-driven business not only sends beauty out into the world, quite literally by selling beautiful bunches of flowers, but the operation of that business provides positive economic and social benefits that can be felt by her community and particularly by the women who she hires. So we work with uh, community uh, organisations. So they provide settlement service to young women from refugee and migrant backgrounds who have either, they might have come from a migrant background, so they could have been born here, but their parents maybe, you know, uh, sought refuge or migrated here, or they themselves have come as unaccompanied humanitarian minors. Um, so it does look a little bit differently for, for everyone, but the most, um, I suppose, how we source our, you know, our staff is through, um, working with organizations like the Center for Multicultural Youth and Brotherhood of St. Lawrence, because they're really, I suppose, on the ground working with communities, you know, alongside the, you know, these communities. And we basically say, we've got this position available. Um, you know, this is what it looks like. This is what we need. This is what we can provide. And then they do that kind of grunt work for us of sending through potential applicants. Uh, and we interview them, um, which is, always you know a thrilling a part of my job is probably my favorite thing one of my favorite things to do um when we're actually able to recruit and grow and interview and take on onboard new stuff yeah and so obviously being a florist business floristry is one of the things that you teach these women but what are some of the other things that you teach them and i guess what's the overarching goal of the program that you put them through yeah so the overarching goal is for them to attain the self-confidence and the skills and the networks they need to enter the workforce. And alongside of that, it's for them to achieve financial independence because it is so important, particularly as young women, that you have money, like, like quite simply. It's very hard to live a life on your own terms if you don't have money in the bank and you don't have access to ways of earning that money, a job. So um, we focus a lot on financial independence and on ensuring that the young women who work with us are able to achieve that. Uh, you know, to the former part of your question, we, yeah, you're right, we don't just focus on floristry skills. So everyone starts with, you know, um, I suppose basic, basic floristry, you know, like prep and, you know, cleaning and caring and conditioning of the flowers. But our um, 
you know, and then they kind of move up and then they'll be doing vase arrangements and they have quite a lot of floristry training. But in addition to that, um, and this is something we've piloted recently and it's worked really well, is we are focusing on business administration um, and computer literacy skills because we are the only, you know, Victorian not-for-profit that I know of that works exclusively with young women from refugee backgrounds trying to enter the workforce. And it, there is a real need for us to focus on more than floristry, but to focus on building the skills that they're going to need to succeed across many industries. Because it isn't like everybody who comes to us is just wanting to graduate, finish our training program, go on to be a florist. You know, The majority of the girls who've left us go on to um, study at university and then pursue um, other work opportunities. Yeah, we have a big, big, you know, focus on, on, on encouraging that. Uh, floristry is just the, I suppose, the vehicle, you know, it's a beautiful, a beautiful way of getting there. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, through which we try to, um, you know, uh, support, support that, you know, transition into work or study. Mm. Those are just a few of the women who've worked as trainee florists, who all thanks to Jane got the opportunity everyone deserves. And she was kind enough to share one success story that really stands out for her. So one of the young women that we, you know, we are still working with her, but uh, came here on her own as a uh, refugee, which is quite difficult because, you know, you've had an interrupted education system. You don't have the support of your family. I mean, I don't think it's too much of a stretch for people to hopefully have enough empathy to imagine what it's like, you know, um, moving to a new city, learning a new language, um, having spent a considerable amount of time in a refugee camp and then being in your early 20s and a woman um, on your own. And so um, this, the Beautiful Bunch was the first job that she's had uh, in Australia. And um, we ask, we really don't ask too many questions when they you know, start with us. It doesn't matter they've had, if they've had no experience whatsoever. We only ask for a resume as a mere formality. But I asked her what her dream was you know, when she started with us and it was, uh, two things, you know, kind of short-term goals, I suppose, were to just improve her English, which she has done an incredible job of um, since joining us, and to work as a stylist. Uh, she's quite creative and uh, always looks amazing <laughs> somehow, <laughs> um, even though it's a really dirty job. But, yeah, she always comes to work and leaves work looking phenomenal. Uh, and, yeah, in two weeks she's about to start uh, work at a, a Melbourne styling company um, that is in, like an incredible um, business and really well respected here in the industry and yeah she's soon to start that so I suppose for me that is one of many I could talk all day about this but many examples of um, how we're able to actually support meaningful change um, in, in the lives of the young women we work with I'm really really proud about that. So, yeah. That must be such a rewarding feeling for you. Not only are you giving them opportunities in the workforce and particularly opportunities to earn their own money, which is something I think all women, mm. you know, that's something that all women should strive to do instead of having to rely on someone mm. else for money, but you're helping them actually achieve Indeed. their dreams. Yes, that's what we, when we started this, I really wanted it to be a clear departure from, you know, the other social enterprises that I'd run and that I wanted to be able, I didn't want to have a rigid pathway going through this I really wanted us to be quite nebulous and for it to be open to and look it's hard particularly as you scale to do this because it involves a lot of one-on-one -on -one work and a lot of advocacy you know that I mean yeah it just it it takes a lot of time a lot of care a lot of consideration a lot of creative thinking okay so this is your dream how do we go about working on that and so 
but yeah, it's it's really important to me that we are able to um, that as we continue to grow and scale, that we can continue to offer that. I suppose you know, really personalized support, so that it's not about making women who come to us fit into our idea of what success looks like. It's about helping them helping them to determine what they want out of life and what their dream is and, and how we can pull together all of our resources to make that happen. So the next time the mood for a bitter retail therapy strikes, remember you're not only doing something positive for your mental health, but if you shop at the right place, your seemingly small purchase could be making a huge impact on someone's life. That's it from me. Remember, for more feel-good content, check out the Good Light official socials and I'll meet you back here on Friday to help you ring in the weekend with a roundup of some of the best news stories from the week. 